This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us on Sundays at 8.15 and 10.30 a.m. for Holy Communion and visit us on the web at holytrinityrec.org. Please enjoy the sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. For consider what great things he has done for you. These words close 1 Samuel chapter 12 and they echo throughout all generations every generation of believer. This comes after the following that we read this morning in verse 24, where Samuel said, Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, with all the heart, in consistent consideration of the great things that he has accomplished for us that we celebrate today. We fulfill what our epistle stated today in Colossians, to set our minds on things above and not on things on the earth. The reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ makes consideration of all he has done for us an assured hope. All the passages of scripture such as we read today with the end of 1 Samuel 12 that state things such as if you will do this are forever answered with the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. Setting our minds on heavenly things is to know that Jesus fulfilled all the if-you-will passages in Holy Scripture. That we are all so adept at failing, at not hitting that perfection mark. On this Easter day, let us focus on how Jesus fulfills all through his resurrection. Enabling us to live a life of loving fear of him in this world and to pray for one another to continue steadfast in the faith as his servants. The first part of our passage this morning in 1 Samuel 12, verses 14 through 18, speaks is really a continuation of Samuel, the prophet's farewell address or sermon to the nation of Israel. He is at an old, advanced age. Saul has just been made the king of Israel. He is now at the end of his ministry. He speaks here in the end of this sermon of blessings for obedience and curses for disobedience. Ultimately, the sermon of Samuel finds fulfillment in what we celebrate today in Jesus Christ through everything we meditated upon in Holy Week, culminating at the cross, at the resurrection. In Jesus Christ alone do we see everything Samuel spoke about here come to fruition and completion. We cannot perfectly pass the if you fear the Lord test. Galatians chapter 3 verse 10 warns us of trusting in self to think we have what it takes to pass the test that God has given us. To pass the test of following the law perfectly. Paul wrote, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now, if we think we might perhaps be the lone exception in history outside Jesus Christ, 
James chapter 2, verse 10, hopefully puts us in our place. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. We have no hope of meeting the requirements of the Ten Commandments of the Word of God at a perfect level. Samuel notes at the end of verse 14 that if Israel and her king served God alone and obeyed God alone with no rebellion against him and his word, then as he wrote, as he said, it will be well. As we will see in the next chapter, Saul the king failed at this test, failed the if test, if you will. For much of the history of Israel, the people and their leadership failed, coming to times of discipline or chastisement by the Lord. See, it will be well is a pipe dream for humanity without God. Whether it is King Saul anointed by God or the very best leader we can elect today in our estimation. The problem with our age and every age is that we think we can get away with doing the big things right while letting other little parts of life slide into what we call little sins. But this shows that nothing due to our sin nature is truly going 100% well. If and it is well, find fulfillment in Christ and in Christ alone. It is certified with his defeat of death, his defeat of all our hypocrisies and failed attempts to do it alone. Ultimately, our only hope rests in our risen Savior, ascended to the right hand of God. Ultimately, all of Israel's failures, whether in the people and their own personal sins or in pride, as we'll see later with King Saul or with King David's moral failure or with all of our failures, these were all placed upon the shoulders of our King Jesus Christ at the cross, and he defeated them all at his resurrection. He alone took all our deserved penalties for failing all the ifs by taking the promised curse upon himself in finality. The end of this section has Samuel displaying a taste of God's chastisement or discipline for the people's rebellion for speaking out against God to demand a king over God. Verse 16 states, Now therefore stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. Then Samuel notes that that particular day was the day for the wheat harvest. And in verse 17, it states the reason for this chastisement, for this sign that was to come. And you shall know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord, and asking for yourselves a king. Following in verse 18, so Samuel called upon the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. Ultimately, this call of Samuel to stand still, to watch what the Lord would do due to their great wickedness was brought to an eternal conclusion at the cross at Golgotha with the crowd and the soldiers standing still, standing and watching the Savior of the world die for their sin. As Galatians 3.13 reminds us, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanging on a tree. The great and mighty signs that occurred at the cross and the defeat of sin and death that we read about this morning with the glorious resurrection saved us. 
so that from that point forward we greatly, out of love, fear God by grace through faith in our risen Savior. He alone fulfills all the ifs of our life, all the questions we raise, all our insecurities, everything we can throw up in terms of excuses. No matter how clever we think we are and how selfish we act, his death, his resurrection, his ascension defeat it all. Yes, we may try to throw up roadblocks to preserve our delusion, but in the end, Jesus Christ removes all of these decisively with his cross, with his resurrection, with his ascension, calling us relentlessly through his church, the body of Christ, to faith in him alone, forsaking all for him. It is only well for us when we have submitted to our great King and Savior, Jesus Christ. The last part of our lesson today, verses 19 through 25, speak to the response of the people at this discipline or chastisement after they experience their crop being destroyed by the thunder and the rain. They said to Samuel in verse 19, pray for your servants to the Lord your God that we may not die. In Jesus Christ, as we celebrate today, we have a great king that mediates perfectly on our behalf in a superior manner from all others that intercede for us in prayer. The greatest prophets, the greatest teachers, the greatest pastors. It is not to say prayer for others is unimportant. It is very important. Rather, our lesson here shows that in Israel's history, the many great prophets and kings and leaders of Israel that prayed on behalf of the people never did so completely and perfectly as our Savior does for us. Only Jesus accomplished this for us on a daily level as we read in Romans 8.34. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed, who indeed is interceding for us. The assurance to us through Jesus Christ carries us through this life, carries us through every storm we go through. In our lesson, Samuel's reply to the people's plea in verse 20 is an eternal reality in Jesus Christ at this very moment. Do not be afraid you have done all this evil, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with your whole heart. This phrase, with all your heart, the whole heart, is stated twice in this passage and is vitally connected to what we read today in Colossians. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. The only way in this world to salvation is through submission to Christ Jesus. The only truth in this world that assures salvation is through submission to Christ the King. The only true life that is found, and it is life eternal, is through Christ the King. All other attempts at salvation fail. They are only ways of setting our minds and our hearts into the mire of this earth. There is no fear in the love of Jesus Christ for us as proven at the cross and resurrection. We have nothing to fear in him. We have nothing to fear due to Christ's continual intercession for us because it never ends. 
This constant refrain we encounter in Scripture and cemented in Jesus is the further warning we read of today in verse 21. And do not turn aside from empty after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. Again, we must not take such to mean that we have a grit potential within us, deep within us, for this perfect behavior. We do not. To think we have the grit to make it through on our, by ourselves is actually to turn to emptiness. For we, without Jesus Christ and his help and his power, are empty. Rather, the promise uttered in verse 22 to comfort the people is fulfilled as we celebrate today with the resurrection. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Jesus has given us his body, the church, wherein we learn and we relearn the reality of his love and his grace to help us through all things in him. The church, the body of Jesus Christ, helps us in Christ to stand firm in the faith, to stand still, as Samuel noted today, to stand still in Christ even in the midst of the storms of this life, and we will be preserved forevermore. This connection to the church, to all of us, is seen in verse 23. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and the right way. The New Testament extends this work of the prophets of old to all of us, as Christians, we all have a mandate to pray for each other without ceasing, to pray for all people, our leaders, our friends, and even our enemies. In our prayer life, we learn anew God's love for us through Jesus Christ that intercedes for us. In our prayer life, we learn to place others above ourselves. In our prayer life, we remain humble and asking for prayer we remain humble. We, in our prayers and our worship, remain connected to the body of Jesus Christ. In our prayers out of loving obedience, do we find with verse 24 that we are actively fearing God out of love, serving God out of love faithfully, and considering truly what great things he has done for us. Jesus, through all we celebrate today, fulfills all the ifs of this life Without exception, Jesus, through all we celebrate today, fulfills all the points that are needed in this life to truly say, it is well. It is well for us eternally. Jesus intercedes for us at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, freeing us to love one another without fear or worry about doing things perfectly alone, freeing us to pray for each other in thanksgiving and joy that indeed as we celebrate in renewed vigor today, he is risen. Amen.